Welcome to the Thrive Church Podcast. Listen anytime you miss a service or want to hear a message again from our Sunday worship services and select special services. Lead Pastor Brian Bauer, as well as guest speakers, will bring messages that will help you encounter God, love people. Join us for virtual service on Facebook Live at Encounter Thrive. Or for those comfortable, we'd love to have you for our in-person services Sundays at 10. To learn about us, what we believe, how to connect, how to give, or how to find us, visit the all-new EncounterThrive.com. And now, here is our message. Oh man, we're so glad you're here today. I am uh, blessed and humbled and overwhelmed by just how faithful God is, how amazing God has been in our midst and is in our midst. Like, I think of where we were to where we are. So if you don't know, and I'll just share a little bit of the backstory. We started in my living room with about 20 to 30 people. And we prayed, and when we launched, we were like, yeah, 130, 35 of us on the team. By the day we launched, 150 people came the first week. We were like, this is amazing. And then week two, half of that came. And then week three, maybe not half of that came. And, and, and so on and so forth. And just a roller coaster. And then, and then COVID hits. Man, COVID. Forget, forget about just what it did. Like, can you imagine how that is to a struggling church, you know, in, in a gym, in a school? Uh, we, we left, we shut down a week before everybody else because we had to, because we were in schools, and that was a no-fly zone. And, and matter of fact, we had just moved schools a few months before, like four or five months before. We, we thought, this is going to be so much better. This school is cooler, and it's in a better place. We were wrong on both counts. And, and I remember we met one week in that school, and the coolest part about it, does anybody remember what was going to be so cool about it? We could, yeah, we could leave our stuff up because they had a stage, and they're like, you leave it up. Yeah, it was like the greatest day ever. Like, this is, this is amazing. And then I got a call Monday morning after our first service, and they said, uh, we got a bit of a problem. You're going to have to move gyms right away. It's like, well, did we do something wrong? I thought we could leave it up. He goes, yeah, no. Uh, the EPA has come to shut us down from the federal government uh, because we have a creosote toxic leak, and we have to air seal it and redo the whole gym. <laughs> Good thing we just had service in there the day before. And so <laughs> uh, if you're alive, you're fine. So, um, and, and so, and yeah, that'd be great, Lauren. Um, so... Just craziness. There was more, more than once, thank you, Lauren, uh, more than once we had to break into places. Anybody remember that? Yep, some places they were supposed to be open. We rented them. They took our money, but they didn't let us in. So we, we, uh, we took a step of faith. And uh, just different things we've had to do over the years. Um, and, and just crazy and the truth is, I don't know if you know this, but we've beaten all the odds. Do you know that church plants, as a rule, have about the same success record as magazines and restaurants, which is less than 30% success rate? And that uh, you're not supposed to grow any more than you're already to do after the first two to three years? 
uh, and that things like COVID are supposed to shut your church down instead of grow you by like 100%. But God. But God. God is bigger. And that's what we're going to talk about the next few weeks. Seven years of slaying giants. Now, don't get me wrong. I don't think we're all Davids and we all have Goliaths and we face them on a regular basis. No, but there is biblical truth in that that does apply to all of our lives. And it's so good. I'm so excited for this message. We'll see if I get through it. Because I'm humbled and excited and kind of overwhelmed <laughs> um, in, a, in a good way. God is so good. I also got to pause before I, before I go into it and just thank everybody. There were just even for today, I know Michelle and Marty, uh, Kimmy and Eric, um, Alan and Jenny and, and so many others have worked their tails off even just for today. But the man hours and the sacrifice and the generosity people pour into this church, not just today, but every single day, hours and hours. So many people have worked in this church. Anybody here worked in this church far harder than they worked at any other church in their life? Anybody? Yeah, you put your hands up because you should be proud of it because you have. And you have, and it, it counts for the kingdom. There is an eternal reward. God has been so faithful through you. You are the hands and feet of God. You are amazing. You are what makes it happen week in and week out. God uses you all the time. I am humbled and overwhelmed by God's goodness through his people. And the truth is, some of you I know at your best, and many of you I know at your worst. And I think you're the best people ever and the best church I've ever gotten to be a part of, ever, by a long shot. So from the bottom of my heart, thank you a million times over for letting me pastor the best group of people I've ever known. So as we come up on our anniversary, like, what am I going to preach? What are we going to say? You know, and what hits me, and I've always kind of hated these messages, but I feel like this is God saying, seven years of slaying giants. Kimmy has this saying about us, and I'll be honest, Kimmy, at times it's driven me nuts. <laughs> like the little church that could. And, and there's times I'm like, I don't think we're that little, but number two, I also don't want to be that little, so don't say it. That's what I'm, but that's my flesh reaction. And then God speaks to me through this message, and in a good way, rebukes me. Because the story of David and Goliath wouldn't be it if they were both Goliath. It'd be something very different. So years ago, and you may have seen it, years ago, there's this guy named Richard Montañez. Anybody here ever heard of Hot Cheetos? Right, if you have a junior hire, you've seen these, all right? You know, if you've been to any kind of a youth event, you've seen these eaten, you've seen how they affect children, and the way they damage them permanently. But, right, there was a man, a, a man named Richard Montañez. Now, Richard Montañez... Uh, had been in gangs, uh, had sold drugs, had done a ton of things over his life. And, and basically one day, he has this idea that, you know, there's a whole market of people that we're not reaching. 
Now, at the same time, Frito-Lay and its parent company, PepsiCo, is experimenting with new flavors. So there's some dispute on his story, but the truth is he and other members of his company began to work together and kind of all flesh together at the same time this idea that we can, be, we can create flavors that aren't just the normal flavors. And those flavors were things like this. Mexican spicy chilies and things like that in food, and it blew open the snack market, blew it wide open. He began to sell to millions, and, now, and then they began to sell to billions of people that had never bought this stuff before. See, white people like plain potato chips, right? And you're like, hey, I like that. You're probably white, right? Okay. Now, now I like things that are spicy, uh, but, but as a rule, right? You know, we're, we're a little more, in a very literal sense, vanilla, <laughs> you know. But, but he realized there's a whole lot of people who would enjoy this. But not only that, there's a lot of people who, who are white who would also enjoy this, who've just never been exposed to different flavors. And it blew up the market. And he ended up becoming uh, an executive VP at a high level at Frito-Lay. Became a huge success story. There's a movie about his life on Hulu. I think it's called Flamin' Hot. And we watched as a family. It's a, it's a neat story. Pastor Samuel Rodriguez, who I saw just last year, uh, who's an amazing pastor, he opened up the prayer at the inauguration for President Trump. He's an, an awesome man of God, and he helped make this man's movie possible. It's just an awesome story of one man who's from nothing, that nobody knows, has a horrible life and background, and God uses him to take on a giant he could never take down himself. And life is actually filled with moments, pivotal moments, where you and I both, and as a church, face Goliaths, face things that are insurmountable and impossible, but God. So going way back, if you don't know the story, if you didn't grow up with your flannel graph and your Sunday schools, okay, I will tell you, all right? So in ancient Israel, at one point, what's decided is we don't want God to rule us directly and judges. We want a king now. See, they had had basically like a council of leaders, and those councils answered directly to God. And the people rejected that, said, nope, we want a king. And God warned them against this, like, don't do this. And God did that because he knew if you do that, here's what's going to happen. You're going to make an idol out of the king. And not only that, when it's down to one man or one woman, when they're the end all be all, they will fall. It's just a matter of time. But God is patient and graceful and he just says, okay, if that's what you want, you can have it. And so they create a king his name is Saul. Saul is tall. He's good looking. He's well respected. But he's not a man of great character. And over time, he falls apart. Now, a little before he falls apart, but just before, they're up at an army against a group called the Philistines. And the Philistines have this mighty warrior named Goliath. It's said that Goliath is upwards of nine feet tall. Massive man. We'll talk about who he is. But David is the runt of these sons of Jesse. Jesse's got eight kids. 
Fruitful and multiply. He lived up to it, right? Okay. So, but David's number eight. David's the kid at the back of the line. David's the kid that he's like, no, you stay in the fields. When he calls in the other seven sons. One day, his sons are out to war, and the dad says to David, hey, I tell you what, I want you to go bring food to your brothers. They're, they're on the front lines. They're at war with the Philistines. Go bring food to them. Check in with them. See how they're doing. And David goes and hears about this guy named Goliath that is terrified and frozen. The army of Israel, they won't move. And David steps up, and this is what happens. So if you have your Bibles, go to 1 Samuel chapter 17, starting at verse 32. Don't worry about this Philistine, David tells Saul. So David gets all the way to the king. He's like, I'll do it. This is how bad it was. This is how terrified everybody was. Nobody would face him. So the one person that just comes out of nowhere is like, I'll take care of this, gets an audience with the king. So continuing, I'll go fight him. Don't be ridiculous, Saul replied. There's no way you can fight this Philistine and possibly win. You're only a boy, and he's been a man of war since his youth. But David persisted. I've been taking care of my father's sheep and goats, when a lion or bear comes to steal a lamb from the flock, I go after it with a club and rescue the lamb from its mouth. If the animal turns on me, I catch it by the jaw and club it to death. I've done this to lions and bears. I'll do it to this pagan Philistine too. For he has defied the armies of the living God. The Lord rescued me from the claws of the lion and the bear and will rescue me from this Philistine. Saul finally consented. All right, go ahead. May the Lord be with you. Giant slayers step up to the plate when nobody else will. You know, this is a town where a bunch of people have planted a church over the years, and they all died or they left. Do you know, I know a pastor who was in this town 30 plus years. His words to us. You are the longest lasting church plant in this town he has ever seen. But not only that, even in your own life, we step up. People who conquer things for the Lord step up when everybody else steps back. That's what people do who are victors and conquerors. And we don't do it on our own. We don't do it in our own strength. We do it in the name of the Lord, which was what we're going to talk about. See, Goliath was a giant to humankind. Now, interestingly enough, he probably wasn't that much bigger than Saul. I mean, if Saul was six to seven feet tall, Goliath was nine feet. Now, that's a chunk bigger, but David was probably somewhere between five and six feet. A whole other foot smaller, and he says, I'll do it in the name of the Lord. Come on. God bless the bold. Those who say, come on, let's do this. Goliath was this massive man. As a matter of fact, if you go earlier in 1 Samuel, verses 4 to 7, it says, he was a champion, went out from the camp of the Philistines named Goliath from Gath, whose height was six cubits and a span approximately nine feet, nine inches. He had a bronze helmet on his head. He was armed with a coat of mail, and the weight of the coat was 5,000 shekels of bronze, roughly 125 pounds. 
He had bronze armor on his legs, a bronze javelin between his shoulders, and the staff of his spear was like a weaver's beam, and his iron spearhead weighed 600 shekels, about 15 pounds, and his shield bearer went before him. So some of you think, that's not possible. Nobody exists like that. That's, that's some, some guy wrote that somewhere. Well, first of all, I would tell you, uh, that's a very biased point of view of the Bible. Any historian will tell you, let the text speak for itself. We don't bring our presuppositions to it. We let it speak and we learn from it. Now, if you even study history, you will find there were races of much larger people. Well, the Bible actually has an explanation of that. There's this series of moments where a certain group of angels from heaven separated, and I'm not talking about the demons, but another group that separated from heaven and decided to mate with women. And the Bible calls them Nephilim. Another word is sons of God, but they're, they're meaning angels, not Jesus. It's a very different term. The Nephilim basically became superhumans, large, giant people. And Goliath was most likely a descendant of one of those. So angelic supernatural beings mated with humans and they created these superhuman people. You'll find it in the Old Testament. It's there. Look it up. Goliath was most likely a descendant, one of those. He had unnatural size and strength because it was supernatural. Why would God allow that? God allows a lot of things if you look around the world today. And it's not because God wants it all to happen. It's because God wants us to make choices to follow him or not. And for these bad things to happen, but also for the good to happen, for us to choose to love and follow God, we have to have the ability to choose. Well, at some point, angels made a choice against God to mate with mankind. Not like demons who chose to rebel against God, but another group that just deviated from the plan. And created this race. Goliath's a descendant of one of them. And he's this massive being. And David is this kid who's just bold. And seen God move on him and in him when nobody was watching. You see, slaying giants is no big deal if you're a giant. <laughs> what God has done here. And through us is amazing because we didn't blow up. See, by all rights, we shouldn't have our own RFK camp. By all rights, we shouldn't have had all those outreaches. We shouldn't have seen over 100 people come to Christ over this month. By all right, nobody knows who I am. I didn't come with a team and money. None of it. None of it makes sense. It's a David-Goliath moment that said, if God has called us, then I defy the enemy, and let's go in Jesus' name. And the same thing in your life is true. You are. If you're in this church and you've been here for more than a minute, believe it or not, you're a David in spirit. You are defying all the odds. You could be at the church down the street that's more comfortable and has all the things and you put your feet up and they're done within a certain amount of time and the pastor doesn't run long and they don't have a weird plastic tub for their baptismal and they, oh, they, like, they don't have that, you know, they have all the things and you don't have to clean up, somebody else does. They pay somebody to do that. And you don't have to, yeah, but this is the kingdom of God. We're not here, we, don't, we got baptized here because God did it here and I'm in on it and I'm here for it. 
I look at that and I'm like, that is awesome. That is somebody's life who donated, who went out and found it and said, well, you know, it may not look like much, but it's not what's happening. It's not it. It's, what ha- it's what's happening in it. Somebody donated their time and their money and their treasure and brought it here and filled it up and lives got in it and said, I am changed. That's the life of a David. Life of giant slayers says, I don't need everybody to see me. God sees me. I don't need everybody to recognize me. God recognizes me. And man, thank God that David saw his God as way bigger than everybody else. He didn't believe the odds. When somebody says, you shouldn't plant a church, why would you go there? And you shouldn't look at that play, and why would you do this? And uh, uh, shouldn't you have these people with you before you go? And shouldn't you have this type of equipment? And shouldn't you meet in this type of space? And don't, don't you want this kind of money? Never tell me the odds. I go in the name of Jesus Christ. He is with us. Watch what he does. In your own life, how much are you counting what's against you instead of who is for you? Man, I have been in a habit lately of trying to just speak to my own soul, of saying, get up, choose joy, let's go, be patient, be in faith, believe God, he is good, nothing can stand against us. I'm not saying everything's going my way all the time, but I do know God always has my back. David knew, he had a boldness, he's like, I don't, I'm, you may see Goliath, but I see the God who's over me. He's like, I've defeated a lion, a bear. And here's the best part. He did it in obscurity. Nobody saw him do that. You know what most people would do? Zenials would do. They'd be like, it's not my sheep. Take it. Go ahead. (laughs) It's fine. You want another one? (laughs) Like, that's what a lot of people would do. I don't got to deal with that. Take it. Kill the sheep. I'm not dying for a sheep. But that's not what David said. This is my job. This is my flock. I care. And I'll lay it all down. Bring it. Now a lot of people would say, that's stupid. That's the heart of a shepherd. And that heart of a shepherd made a godly king. God took him from obscurity to infamy. From this moment with Goliath, when he said, I will defy this giant. Where are you saying, I'll step up where others won't? How many of you know a single, single mom in this church who you're like, I could mentor that young man as a man, but you won't because you're like, well, I don't know if I have the time. Step up. Step up where others won't. Be the man of God he needs or she needs. How many of you are like, God told me to make that financial faith pledge. No, I'm not doing it. Nope, that's mine. I don't need to do that. Step up where others won't. Uh, nobody's sharing with this guy at work. Nobody's telling him about Jesus. Step up where others won't. Look at the enemy, and the enemy's never your person. It's in the supernatural. Goliath was a representation of the devil and the demonic. David wasn't, I think David, part of the reason David wasn't afraid because he, he saw beyond the natural. He saw the supernatural, and he's like, God is big. He's huge. David defeated a bear. What's a giant? Bring it. I know what God can do. Moving on, verse 38, he says, David, Saul gave David his armor, a bronze helmet, a coat of mail. 
David put it on, strapped the sword over it, took a step or two to see what it was like. He'd never worn such things before. I can't go in these, he protested to Saul. I'm not used to them. So David took them off again. He picked up five smooth stones from a stream and put them into his shepherd's bag. Then, armed only with a shepherd's staff and sling, he started across the valley to fight the Philistine. And Goliath walked out toward David with the shield-bearer ahead of him, sneering in contempt at this ruddy-faced boy. Am I a dog, he roared at David, that you come at me with a stick? And he cursed David by the names of his gods. Interestingly enough, there's a moment right there, almost like the devil overheard his conversation with David and Saul. David said, I beat the lion and the bear with a club in my bare hands. What's Goliath just say? Am I a dog that you come at me with a stick? He's mocking the conversation that the devil just heard in the supernatural. Saying, no, 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 you can't do it. You may have done it there, you're not doing it again. I'm not a dog and you're not a stick. I will weigh laced with you, David. He's trying to instill fear. Come over here, and I'll give you your flesh to the birds and wild animals, Goliath yelled. Giant slayers stick with it when nobody else will. There is a moment where Saul says, all right, well, put on my armor. Here you go. And David's like, I can't move. I can't do nothing with this. I'm not that kind of warrior. I can't wear your armor. Here's another way of saying it. David can't walk in that anointing. He can't be that model. You know, we have been offered at least half a dozen times to be a campus of another church, of numerous around our areas, different ones. And every time, some of them even said, you can have $2 million of this building and land. It's yours. Great. Do we have to be your church, though, and preach your sermons? Well, yes, you do. And lovingly, kindly, and all, and all grace, I've had to say to him more than once, I'm sorry, no thank you. I can't wear that armor. That's not for us. God called us to do this task, and that's not who we are. And some of you are probably sitting there like, you turned down $2 million worth of building? <laughs> it was years ago, and it is gone now. Deal with it. <laughs> but we would have been somebody else. And you know what? God bless those churches who do that and the campus. God bless them. I'm not putting them down. But then there's the moment where God calls us to be something and do something who we're meant to be, who say, no, we're not, I don't stand alone. I stand with Jesus Christ, but I'm not wearing your anointing and I'm not walking in your power. I'm walking in the power of Jesus Christ and what he's done in my life and what he's calling us to, what he's calling me to. And I don't got to be afraid and I'm going to stick with it. He has that moment. See, now David has this sling, but it's not like a sling like we know, like a sling like this where it's like a stick like that. It's not the type of sling it was. It was like a leather loop with like a big section in the middle where you stick, where you take a stone and you stick it in. And what they would do is they would twirl it. And they would twirl it to an insane speed and then he would whip it out as fast as it would fly 50, 70, 100 miles an hour. Now, David has spent years protecting sheep in fields. Now, I don't know if you know, but sheep are slow and stupid. <laughs> David has free time. David spends hours just, boom, hours. 
getting amazing at this sling. Incredible accuracy. See, what God is using you in moments and using us in moments of obscurity is building up to a moment of intense breakthrough. You don't even know. We're negotiating on multiple buildings. Maybe none of them happen. But God is doing something. God is moving. Is God moving in your life? Are you anticipating it? Are you believing for it? Are you stepping up to it? And are you sticking with it when everybody else is bailing? Are you saying, that's not for me. It's right here. Do it, Lord. Building and and just learning. I'm going to keep swinging, keep swinging, keep twirling. Ready for my moment. Keep swinging. Ready for the moment. I'm ready for you, God, to use me when you want. Here I am. And then he gets to that moment with that sling. Some people say, well, during COVID, you won't make it. And the truth is, part of me believed him. But we stick with it. Some people have come and gone at church, and there were moments that were so low for me when people left. All I wanted to do was quit and leave. But we stick with it. So we didn't do this. You aren't here because somebody else brought you. And I know everybody's here because somebody tapped you on the shoulder and invited you in their life. But the truth is, you need to hear me. And I really mean this. You are here not simply because of somebody else, but because the living God brought you to this moment in this place right now. It's not an accident. It's on purpose. God is moving. And you have a sling in your hand and you don't even know it. You have a purpose and a plan and an ability to fight that you don't even know that God has placed in your hand. Are you sticking with it or do you want to quit? Are you like, I think I want to go to the place that uh, the, 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 the chairs are nicer and the heat's nicer and, 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 and uh, doesn't smell like a gym and, and, uh, and we don't have to clean it up after and they, the chairs stay in the same place all the time. I want to go to that place. You could. You could. But you just might miss your moment. You just might miss the moment God takes down a giant. Which is, it's something to see. It's so good. And he does it with Davids who are overlooked and are unseen till the one day. See, the best part of David, he stuck with it in obscurity when nobody saw him, when nobody watched him, when he was passed over, when nobody recognized him, when people didn't see his gifts, when his own dad didn't call him in with the prophets, but he called in his other sons. God sees and he's like, that one, that one. And he rebukes Samuel. He says, he tells Samuel the prophet. He's like, you know, because Samuel's impressed with all of Jesse's sons, but the one son that isn't there, the one that God is picking, this David, he's not there because his dad didn't bring him in. Even Samuel's like, it's got to be one of these guys. Look at him. God rebukes Samuel the prophet and he says, you may look at the outward appearance. I look at the heart. Giants aren't taken down by big things, but by big hearts. God moves in giant ways through those with giant hearts. Goliath may have been big, but David's heart was bigger. And he stuck with it, and he was ready. 
It's one of the reasons we're doing the hard 40, to just drill down, say, I'm going to stick with something. I'm telling you, sign up if you haven't. Verse 45, David replied to the Philistine, you come at me, this is so cool, i got to say this. So Colin was in this little play years ago. You here, Colin? You leave? I don't know. There. Do you remember this? No? <laughs> it was for knights back when we were in knights years ago. And he had the line. Now, there was a long time ago where Colin was did massive stage fright. Like, and we, we coached him, and he did it. And there was this big guy, and he was a little guy, and he, he delivered. I'm out, it's etched in my mind, one of those super proud as a dad moments. And he said it, and he said it's loud and proud. He said, you come at me with sword and shield, but I come at you in, against, against you in the name of the Lord our God. Today the Lord will conquer you, and I will kill you and cut off your head. And I will give the dead bodies of your men to the birds and wild animals. And the whole world will know there's a God in Israel. And everyone assembled here will know the Lord rescues his people, but not with sword and spear. This is the Lord's battle, and he'll give you to us. As Goliath moved closer to attack, David quickly ran out to meet him, reaching into his shepherd's bag, taking out a stone. He begins swinging it as fast as he can, and he hurls it. With his sling, and he hits the Philistine in the forehead. Some say between the eyes, and it sank in. Goliath stumbled and fell face down to the ground. David triumphed over the Philistine with only a sling and a stone, for he had no sword. David ran over, pulled Goliath's sword from its sheath, and David used it to kill him and cut off his head. Giant slayers show off but they show off God. David in that moment didn't show off David. He showed off Jesus, who God is and what God can do. He couldn't have won that fight, but God. David knew in that moment, you think, you think I can't take you? You're right, I can't, but the Lord can. Watch this. And he takes down the giant. We came to this city and this region and planted in the south suburbs to see God move, not to grow a brand, but to grow the kingdom. I know, and I love them, and you won't know who I'm talking about. You might think you know, you don't. But I know pastors who I love and respect, but they want to grow their brand, not the kingdom. I don't care if you know my name. I don't care if I'm your favorite person. I mean, I, I don't want you to hate me. <laughs> you know, if you do, let's talk. <laughs> okay, but I, I don't got to be the big deal here. The worship doesn't. The, 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 the setup that Jesus needs to be the big deal here. In that moment, David wasn't the big deal. And David could have. He could have in that moment said, look at me. David got the credit. The people freaked out. David, David, they were like, look what David did. And David got the credit from the people. But David gave God the glory. See, what God's done here, you can't attribute to me. God has, see, when the city has an aid, when they have a need for an AP system, they call us. When they're like, hey, can you meet a need? They often call us.
message spoke to you and helped you grow in your knowledge of and love for God. Visit us online anytime at EncounterThrive.com and reach out with questions, prayer requests, or comments. We hope to see you for our in-person services in Lockport, Illinois, Sundays at 10. Thank you.